Pastor Mike here. Thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time today. Uh, If you haven't already, I'd love for you to sign up for our daily email. It's a great way to start the day. It's the way that I start my day. (laughs) And it's a way to bring God's word straight into your inbox first thing in the morning. Uh, My teammates at Time of Grace do a fantastic job of giving you video and written devotions, blog posts, podcast episodes, and the occasionally fun and quirky social media posts. And all of it's to encourage you with God's amazing word. Just go to timeofgrace.org to sign up today. You may or may not know this, but pastors and priests are people just like you. I know there's this idea out there that they are indestructible, they they can deal with anything and everything, but the reality is they're flesh and blood just like you. They have emotions, they sometimes deal with anxiety and depression. In fact, if you're thinking about how you might be able to support your spiritual leaders, uh, here's some insight. Uh, oftentimes after a massive win, after a success, uh, your spiritual leader might feel really low. Uh, And wins like having a great Christmas or Easter celebration, or maybe they've just completed a a building project, or maybe they just got done helping a couple through very intense marriage counseling. Uh, All those things are amazing, but they take a lot of brain power, a lot of heart, a lot of emotion, and your spiritual leader can end up feeling really, really empty at the end of that. And you might wonder, why is that? If these people are so close to God, if they're studying God's word all the time, why is it that after a great success, they can feel depressed? And I guess I would put that back on you and and maybe ask you, why do you feel the same way? How often is it that you're participating in an event, uh, you're at work and you're working on a project, you're putting your heart and soul into that, you get to the pinnacle of it, you're all done, and then all of a sudden, you just feel this emptiness. And then to refill that void, you go and start another project and, and, and you start working and, and, and you, you, you feel that high again. And then all of a sudden you feel that low, that you feel depressed after a success. Now, what I'm going to assume about you is, is that you go into whatever you do, whether it's an assignment or a project with the purest of motives, that you're doing it because you want to give glory to God. I feel like that's why I do what I do. But oftentimes, some, somewhere in the middle of the road, what happens is that um, it, it is for God, but then it isn't. All of a sudden, it's, it's for me and my glory. And then I start to wonder what people are going to think about me and say about me. And, and then all this pressure that I feel. And then I wonder, well, if, if I'm successful then, or this is my thought, if I'm successful in this project, then does that give me validity as a human being? Does that mean that I'm successful? And then what happens if I'm not successful? Does that mean that I'm not a success? Does any of this resonate with you? I assume it does because what I'm proposing to you right now is, is, is just a universal problem. So many of us feel this letdown after a great accomplishment that we have. And in reality, it's normal. In fact, I'm going to share with you a story about a guy named Elijah. He was a prophet. We find his story written for us in 1 Kings. And he, he was a, a stalwart of the Bible, a man of great faith, uh, who lived during a very difficult time in, in Israel's history. In fact, what was happening was the king uh, was promoting the worship of false gods like Baal and Asherah, telling the people to go away from the Lord and to lift up these false religions. He also put a hit out on all the prophets of the Lord, which obviously didn't bode well for Elijah. So this is a, a very stressful time, yet he digs into this. He is excited about sharing the word of God, getting people to repent, and, and he's in this for three and a half years. Well, we find out in the Bible in 1 Kings chapter 18, where he has this opportunity to go toe-to-toe with the prophets of Baal. 
And he comes up with this contest. He says, it's me versus you, and there's 450 of them, and it's my God versus your God. And let's, let's determine right now who the true God is. And they're all for it. And he says, this is what you do. You build an altar, I'll build an altar. You put a bowl on yours, I'll put a bowl on mine. But here's the thing. You can't light the fire on your own. You can't use a match. You can't use a Zippo lighter, nothing. All you have to do is pray. And the God who responds by sending fire out of heaven, that's the true God. And the prophets of Baal were, were very excited. They were very confident that they were going to win and say, let's go for it. So from morning until noon, they're dancing, they're praying, they're slashing themselves. From noon until three, they're doing the same thing. And nothing, nothing happens. So now it's Elijah's turn. So he steps up and he has his servants get these jars of water and start dumping it over the altar, which doesn't make a lot of sense if you wanted to set on fire. But what he's proving, he's like, I'm not using any parlor tricks. I, I don't have a match in my back pocket. No, this is all God. So he steps up and he prays a simple prayer. God, reveal yourself today. And he didn't even ask God to send fire out of heaven. But that's exactly what God did. He sent like a lightning bolt out of heaven, lit that thing up like it was a 4th of July celebration. And, and all of a sudden the people started looking at each other and chanting, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. It was this massive, massive success. All these people were, were repenting, turning back to God, but not all of them. In fact, the king and his queen, after hearing about this, after seeing this, they dug in their heels and they promised Elijah by that same time tomorrow, he would be a dead man. And so Elijah just prayed for a miracle. He experienced a miracle. You think in that moment he would turn right back to God, but he didn't. He felt depressed after this great success. He, he felt alone and, and he ran away. He isolated himself. He hid in, in these lonely caves. He stopped eating. He, he, he felt like get, God had abandoned him. And, and he got to the point where he was like, God, I just want to die. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like God has abandoned you? Like everything you've been working for is, is worthless, it's meaningless, and, and you just feel that super low. And what do you do in a moment like that? What you need to do, first and foremost, is just remember that God has not left you. God is still with you right now. Just like God was with Elijah. Elijah needed food and God fed him. Elijah needed rest and God allowed him to sleep. Elijah needed a, a warm, tender touch and God touched him. You know what? When we go through those lows, sometimes we don't want to turn back to God. We don't think he'll give us any of those things. We, we just feel like he's going to rebuke us, yell at us, give us a tongue lashing because we didn't keep him as the number one priority because we stopped focusing on him and his glory. But I'm here right now to tell you that that's not true. And that's not how God approached Elijah. So in, in 1 Kings chapter 19, God approaches him. And in verse 11, it says this, the Lord said, go out, and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mountain of the cave, at the mouth of the cave. So was the Lord in the wind? Was he in that, that earthquake? Was he in the blazing fire? You'd assume he would be. Elijah would have, uh, have assumed that, but he wasn't. God was in that gentle whisper. And in that whisper, he reminded Elijah, I'm with you. 
I love you. You're not alone. Your work was not in vain and you're not the only one out there. I have all these other believers. It's going to be okay. When you feel in that moment that you've hit rock bottom and, 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 and God's not there, know this, God is there. In those moments where you feel like you're, you're Elijah and you had that great success, but now you feel depressed, know that God's not going to come to you and blow down your, your, your neck with, with these harmful words. He's not going to shake you with an earthquake. He's not going to breathe fireballs at you. He's going to come to you with that gentle whisper and remind you that he loves you. He's with you and you're not alone. Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, we thank you for all the amazing things that you do for us, uh, the abilities and the gifts we have. And we ask that you forgive us for all the times that we forget that this is for your glory and our successes in life, they're all yours. But oftentimes, God, we are in that spot just like Elijah was. We, we forget that. And thank you for coming to us right now in that gentle whisper to remind us that we are loved and that we are yours. It's in your name we pray. Amen.